back at it with the first episode of the Questions Hip Hop in 2023. My name is Sean Cantrowitz, and I'm your host, your pilot, your friend who probably thinks about hip hop music more than most of the people in your life. Well, I don't know if that's true, but you're here. I hope you had a good holiday season and that your new year is off to a great start. I've had a couple good weeks. What happened? Um, oh, the Project Blowed 28th anniversary show at the end of last month was something. Chaotic and beautiful is how I've been describing it. I got to rock on stage as part of the Variatopia band with AC Alone, Micah Nine, Jay Soombi from Freestyle Fellowship, Medusa, Abstract Rude, and quite a few others. Uh, we rehearsed a 30-minute set, and we were set to do a 30-minute set on the schedule on the bill that contained many, many artists. And we were on stage for about 65, 70 minutes. And it was crazy, and it was great. Beautiful chaos is all I can say. Big shout out to Jordan Katz for putting the band together and to Abrude for organizing the entire event. It was a great time. On Christmas Day, I got together with a bunch of friends and strangers and we played the Questions Hip Hop Trivia card game for the very first time ever. Uh, I hosted it since I already obviously knew the answers. I wasn't going to play, but it was a super fun experience and cool to see that, you know, this game actually works. I mean, I knew it worked. I had a feeling it worked, but I wasn't really able to test it out in full until, you know, the, the thing had been pressed, which was a good thing because they printed a lot of these and it would be really unfortunate if there was some huge flaw in the gameplay that, you know, I didn't catch until it was too late. The game is officially on sale and available everywhere in just over two weeks on January 24th. And the pre-sales have been cooking. Thank you to everybody who has pre-ordered theirs. The folks at Penguin Random House told me that they are very pleased with these numbers. And I'm very excited to get this thing out into the world in time to celebrate hip hop's 50th birthday this year. You can visit questionshiphop.com to pre-order yours now. I also have some links to get yours shipped internationally if you're not in the U.S. You can visit us on Instagram at thequestionshiphop to find that link and get your order in. I'm real close to announcing some events that are going to take place in February, sort of surrounding or following the release of the game. I can't share all the details yet, but just know that it's happening. And... I'll also take this time to say that, you know, we're going to be taking the questions on the road for sure in 2023. So if you want me to come to your city, if you're a promoter or if you know a promoter or you have a cool event or something that you think could benefit and really, you know, be a good fit for the questions hip hop, hit me up. Let's figure it out and, you know, make something happen. You can send me an email at sean at questionshiphop.com. Also, obviously very interested in talking about this, you know, thing I've been working on for years now. So if you, dear podcast listener, also have a podcast or publication or your own and, you know, you want to chop it up for a bit, I'm very open to that too. Look, I know you're supposed to let a publicist handle all of this and we're doing that too. But I just wanted to let you know directly, as direct as I can with you listening here, that I'm very much looking forward to the release of this game and I want to talk about it. This week's episode is sponsored by Nobody. As you may know, The Questions is a completely independent operation, and I enjoy having it that way. And a great way to support this one-man indie operation is to join The Questions Patreon for $5 a month. You get a whole bunch of stuff, from early access to episodes, exclusive episodes, and pieces of content that doesn't live anywhere else, playlists. Uh, You know, I share a lot of video and photos from my hip-hop related real-life exploits. And if nothing else, you know that you're supporting a podcast that you enjoy for less than the cost of a beer at a bar. I think that's right. I I don't drink, so I'm assuming a beer will run you about five bucks. Somebody let me know if I'm off base or not. Um, Go to patreon.com slash thequestionshiphop to join the squad. Now, what do we have this week? We are flashing back to a classic episode of The Questions. Episode number 47, live streamed on Instagram on July 8th, 2020, with the one and only Chub Rock. 
Chub Rock had some beloved singles from the late 80s and the early 90s. Treat Em Right, Just the Two of Us, You Bad Chubs. I mean, this guy is a part of hip hop history. He was a member of the second incarnation of Crooklyn Dodgers, produced by DJ Premier and alongside his contemporaries, OC and J. Rude the Damager. He was on Back to the Grill, the song that introduced the world to Nas. I mean, it's ridiculous. He's re released music since, and he still tours, and he rock shows, and he also moved from New York to Atlanta and has thrived in his career as a radio DJ. This was a really fun episode to revisit. Chubb was a great sport, he had a lot of great stories to share, and he made me very nervous by repeatedly grilling me with questions in the middle of the show, all of which caused me to very much panic and not do well at responding. I mean, I responded, but I didn't get a lot of the answers correctly. Uh, he also apparently has a hip-hop museum in his home, and he took to showing off some of the classic memorabilia that he just happened to have sitting by him on deck. Now, that doesn't necessarily translate well to the podcast format, so I'm going to put some of those visuals on the Patreon for all you Patreon members to see. It was pretty fucking cool. So, without further ado, let's proceed with this week's episode. It's a classic episode of The Questions with Chub Rock. Who did it first? Who rapping there? That remix and what happened when? That's the question. And if you ain't know what needs, then my guys knowing what you need. Some answers to the question. Man, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate it. How, how are you doing tonight? Man, let me tell you, brother. You know, I lost a few people, family, to COVID-19. And I wasn't really in the thought process of doing this, man. But hip-hop always put a smile on my face, man. So I said, yo, you know something? Let me go and, you know, let me go do what always made me happy, man. Let's talk about some hip-hop or whatever. But it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a strange time, man. It's a strange time. But let me tell you, man, I want the questions quick like a chess game, man. I don't want to do the slow drag like you did with Nikki. Nikki, people want to see her and her beautiful face for 55 minutes. So <laughs> I want the questions real quick. Let's, let's do it. You want them real quick. All right. That's fine. Or do you, is, is it... Is it is it because you don't think you're as attractive as Nikki, or is it because you don't want because you, you have somewhere to be? Because I want to be cognizant of. No, no, I know about. I am not as attractive <laughs> as Nikki. It, it, it's not going to happen. But uh, the reality to it is that we have a storm here, man. So sometimes when the storm hits and these sticks, all of a sudden lights go out and then we. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Then then we we can definitely get into it. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear about your loss, by the way. We do appreciate you joining. And yeah, it is it is a crazy tumultuous time. And you know, I think for all of us, we're really enjoying you know being able to distract ourselves even just for a little bit. So we do appreciate you joining. But per, you're the guest. We're, we're hopping right in. As for your command, we're we're gonna get, hop right into this game. So Chub Rock, here we go. First question in our round. The choice is yours. This is Jim. Oh yeah, Rock. I'm gonna get everything wrong. No, no, no. And hey, if you think you, if you don't know, you can rely on our chat. Our chat is very bold and very. They're very, very good. Healthy. They're very good. Very good. Plus, my right, man Mighty Mai is in here, so it's good. Mighty Mai will help you out. He's never, he's never steered you wrong. Okay, the first question: Special K and Teddy Ted, aka the Awesome Two, had a radio show on this station in the '80s. Was it WRKS, WHBI, WBLS, or WNBC? Now I should know this because that's my boys, man. I was young during that time, but I believe it was. HBI. It wasn't BLS. It wasn't NBC. It's either okay. HBI or RKS. So I think it's HBI. He's saying HBI. And guess what, folks? He's absolutely right. Um, you, uh, you've been doing the radio uh, game for a minute now. How long have you been hosting your show in, uh, in Atlanta? Well, I got in the game um, in 2001. So I've been on radio since 2001. Been in, on in Atlanta eight years. And uh, how has that experience been for you? I mean, like, obviously, you came up as an MC, uh, and radio is such a, a pivotal part of, of the whole hip-hop culture, but did you kind of always think that, like, you could see yourself 
being an on-air personality as well, or did that kind of happen for you later? Man, it really just came because of the kindness of people. My girl, Lisa G, who was on the radio in New York with um, Ed Lover and Dr. Dre, when they got to 105, Power 105, um, Lisa G just told the program director, like, yo, you need to get him. You need to get him. And they were like, I does he do radio? Or he'll learn. <laughs> you know, so it was it was Lisa G, man, and uh, and then uh, Michael Saunders that took a risk with me, man, and just said, "Hey, let's go, let's teach you some things, and let's get it cracking." And I loved it anyway, man. Service in the community and all that, so it yeah. was a great move for me. So I appreciate it. Awesome. All right, we're gonna move into our second question. Here we go. Second question is: In 2016, Fonte Coleman from the group Little Brother released a collaborative album with this singer songwriter. Was it Tracy Chapman? Eric Robertson, Maxwell, or Music Soul Child? Wow. I, uh, now, in my heart, it's telling me that it's Music Soul Child. Mm. But um, can I come back to this? Well, we can, we can think about it, but we can't skip it. We got, we got to address this right now before we move on. To All right, I'm, I'm going to say, I know it ain't Eric Rowe. I know everything of his work. Um, and then also it could be Eric Rowe. Music Soul Child. He's saying Music Soul Child. Believe it or not, Chub Rock, he was your boy, Eric Rowe. He did a Tigolero album in 2016. So Eric is going to be upset with me at that one, but <laughs> that, that, that's going that's gonna, to that's gonna cause the raw way in him to get very upset. We've obviously put a very deep and scathing divide between you guys now. Um, well, you guys worked together uh, in 2011, I believe, right? You did Summertime Anthem. Uh, yeah. How did you guys link up? Well, what was the connect there? Trying to remember exactly what happened, man. Um, clearly, it was an osmosis. I don't know how I met the cat. <laughs> I guess in the like, industry, you just, you just sort of there's a lot of connects, and you just meet people, and yeah, and we never, we didn't we didn't meet each other physically. You know, I, I got the track somehow. I, I can't even remember how it was, man. And I got the track somehow. I did my part, send it, and then we met. And then, you know, because in my mind, I had the idea of do the right thing. And then his brilliance and then Matthew Cherry's brilliance, we were able to recreate the do the right thing. I played Radio Raheem. Yep. And we did the video in Brooklyn. And, um, you know, we kind of just kind of, you know, gave some homage to Spike Lee, one of the greats. And it was just it was incredible working with him. And we ended up doing two more songs. One will be released. Another one will be released real soon. That's why he's going to kill me that I didn't get this question right. <laughs> hey, listen, you, you you got a lot on your mind. A lot's going on. We all have blind spots. It's okay. It's, it's, oh, there's going to be a lot of blank spots tonight. <laughs> Damn. Damn, son. All right, here we go. Third question. We're hopping right in. Which of these rappers has not been a member of an incarnation of Crooklyn Dodgers? Is it Most Deaf, Buckshot, Special Ed, or Joel Ortiz. There's been three incarnations of Crooklyn Dodgers. Joel Joel Ortiz. He says Joel Ortiz. Let's see if he's correct. He is absolutely correct. And you yourself uh, were a member of the esteemed second group, the 95 uh, edition of Crooklyn Dodgers, uh, you know, drawing on the Spike Lee connection there as well. Like, that that must have been crazy. Like, like did, did it feel like you were being sort of plucked into, like, this – elite group at that time because already the first one w was so esteemed you know the first one was absolutely incredible and i don't even remember spike lee really telling me what the whole thing was i just i was getting a sandwich <laughs> on on uh at this place called two steps down on dekalb in brooklyn i was coming out getting my sandwich and he he seen me yo go to dmd Primo's <laughs> over there. He's waiting for you. All right, cool. What time do I need to go there? Go there this time. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of the way he said it to me, man. And I went down there. Pre, I got there early. Primo was there. He had a bag of records. And in and, and Primo style, Primo likes to cook while you're – he likes to cook while you're in front of him. On the spot. Like, he, he makes the record in front of you. Right in front of you. And he was like, yo, Rich, what do you think? Da -da -da -da. That's a good friend of mine for a long time, and – he just went in there, did his thing. I did my verse. I, and I left before everybody else got there. I didn't even see OC and J. Rule till the video. 
Well, you had to finish um, that sandwich. You you had the sandwich on hand. Like, you know, you got to handle I, your business. Yeah, I go in and I get out, man. I, I <laughs> went in there and I left and got me an oxtail dinner, man. I, I think it was on Nostra. But I got up out of there, man, and went about my business. Amazing. Well, it was a good day to get a sandwich. <laughs> Always <laughs> a good day to get a sandwich. Always a good day to get a sandwich. That's fair. All right, last question in this round, Chubb. Hitman Howie T scored a Billboard Top 100 number one hit producing a single for this group. Was it SWV, PM Dog? He says, Color Me Bad. He's hopping right into it. And he's absolutely right. Color Me Bad. Uh, do you still keep in touch with Howie T? What's, like, what's the last time you guys talked? Howie T is my first cousin. Okay. So I speak to him weekly. And his, his mom and my mom are sisters. So, okay. you know, it, it, when I went over there to his house, I, I just went into the fridge freely <laughs> and, and did all kinds of nonsense in his crib. So, you know, that, that's my family, man. Um, I love him to death, man. He, I just spoke to him. Three, well, he checked on me three days ago. But, um, yeah. yeah, one of the most brilliant heirs ever. And, and very just low-key, man. You just, you know, you just, you, get, you have to really dig deep in his discography to see his brilliance, man. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so, Chubb, we are going to move into, this is the fastest we've ever done the show because I'm scared about the storm now. But uh, we're hopping into the second round, and that is called Picasso, baby. So in this round, I'm going to show you a small little piece of an album cover, and you have to identify what the album is by the little snippet that we show you. So here we go, here's the first one. It's a close-up photo of a very muscled, well-built abdomen, and it's surrounded by broken glass. Is it Sean Price, Jesus Price Superstar, The Clips, Lord Willen? 50 Cent, get rich or die trying. He's going right into it, and he is absolutely correct. That is 50 Cent, get rich or die trying. Now, have you been keeping up with the versus battles that have been going on on IG? Have you been sort of abreast of all that? I, I mean, seeing things here and there, um, I'm working pretty strong. But uh, you know, I've been seeing the, the stuff here and there. I know that there was supposed to, there might be a thing, a thing with Fifty and Ti. Yeah, what do you think about that? Or like, there's it's a very heated debate right now, and you're in Atlanta and you're from New York, so like you maybe have a unique perspective on both sides there. Who do you think takes a, the battle in, in that pairing? You know, it's interesting because, to me, it just feels like two different kinds of music. Right. So, you know, that's going to be a very split thing. You know, if you're into a certain kind of hip-hop, then you're going to love 50. And that if you're into a certain kind of hip-hop, you're going to love T.I. Both of them are brilliant cats. Both of them have great records, been yeah. very successful. Both are great um, performers. So that's gonna be a hard. You know, let me tell you, brother. I don't. I don't really like the word battle, sure, because um, it's buffoonery to me. Mm. And I, I'm not into the word battle, man. Um, you know, our genre goes through enough as it is, man. We don't need to battle each other. We can yeah, perform right after each other. But I'm not a fan of the word battle. Yeah, and a lot of people have argued as well that they aren't even. Um, they're not really battles. I mean, they they really are celebrations. They're just people playing their catalog you know, sort of going through it. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's more of a celebration. It's not, it's not really heated. Like 50 Cent and T.I. aren't, aren't going to be mad at each other. They're both really successful. And I'm sure they respect each other's craft. So yeah, yeah. I, I feel you on that. All right, we're going to move on to the second question in this round, the second question. It is a hand-drawn drawing on a bright yellow background uh, drawn in like black marker or pen. And it is a face. It, it's, a, it's a man with a, sort of looks like a high top fade maybe. And um, wearing dark sunglasses. What album cover is this? Is it Digital Underground, Sex Packets, Schoolie D, Schoolie D, Big Daddy Kane, Daddy's Home, or Beastie Boys, Hot Sauce Committee Part Two? Definitely not Beastie Boys, but the it ain't Sex Packets. I know that cover. Big Daddy Kane's Daddy's Home. It it, it looks like an over exaggeration. So I'll say Schoolie D. He's going with his gut. He uh, used, you know, the process of elimination, and he's absolutely right. Schooly D. Philadelphia, uh, baby, two one five. Yeah, uh, arguably the or originator of gangster rap. 
like like the first guy who's really you know talking about that content on record was Schooly D. Yeah, you know, I wasn't even in the game when I would hear Mr. Magic play this record and play his records. Um, and it was just great stuff, man. And then I got a, I got the honor to, you know, perform with him a bunch of times because Philly's like a second home for us in New York. Yeah. And Lady B and, you know, my girl Lady Second Letter and Charlie Mack and just the whole family out there, man. It was it's a good time. But, yeah, arguably, definitely the first. It's a, between him and Just Ice. In my right. opinion. Yeah, pioneers. We're getting a lot of comments in the, in the chat about your hat. Like, people want to know the story about this hat. You're getting a lot of compliments on, on the hat that you're wearing right now. Uh, I, I feel, I what feel happens, remiss. man, when, when you get old, <laughs> you need hats. Sure. You know, you, you, you need things to make you feel confident. Um, You know, I, you know what's funny? I never wore a hat my whole career. Mm. Never wore a hat. My father wore a hat every day. My man wore an Applejack every day. <laughs> you know, so this is a tribute to him, man. A tribute to him watching down from heaven, man. Well, it's it's getting a great reception. I've never seen so much hat-related content in our comments. <laughs> it's the um, days of hats now, man. Days of yeah, hats. Yeah, days of hats. I, I, I don't look good in any hats. I've tried to wear all hats. I, I look, I don't, it's not a look. But maybe eventually in time, I will, you know, reach a level where I, I'll find. I think you got to find the hat that speaks to you, like the your hat spirit animal. You know, well, you, have a lot of, been, you have a lot. You have a lot of hair, man. I so, do. I do have a lot of know, hair. I have, your hair, your yeah. hair to cranium ratio is different than me. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, and I have even more right now because of the quarantine, and I haven't gotten a professional haircut in months. So <laughs> that's, you know, let's just make that clear discrepancy. All right, final question in this round, Chub Rock. It is a photo of a white blonde woman. Dressed as a nurse. She's got the nurse, you know, hat, and she's wearing a white robe. What album cover is this? Is it Red Man, Malpractice, Cool Keith, Dr. Octagon Ecologist, The Game, Doctor's Advocate, or Ghetto Boys, We Can't Be Stopped? Wow, that's interesting, man. My, Me, I'm thinking that it's from the brilliance of Cool Keith. Okay, final answer is Cool Keith. The answer was actually Red Man Malpractice. Wow. Uh, his, uh, I believe that was his fourth album. Now, I read that you were in med school. You were, you were going to be a doctor. You were going to school to be a doctor, and you left that never, to pursue. Never went to, never went to med school. I wanted never. to be a doctor, and I was in a program called the Peak Program in school, and I wanted to do it. I mean... After a while, it just became very hard to think about it. And then music took off for me. The, EPM do, the EPMD tour was offered to me. But it was something I wanted to do. In fact, not too long ago, man, I actually thought about jumping back in and maybe going to finish that. Then I just left that alone, man. My time has passed with that. Yeah. Um, time has passed with that. But I give you something now that you brought up Redman. What was yeah. his name before it was Redman and where... Did he bring, where did he create his legendary stuff at? And this is at a legendary place. Like the studio you're talking about? Like no, no. Uh -oh. Tell me what he was before Redman. Uh, My people out there, you're, see, you're not, you're not expecting this. No. Question, that, from the question to the questions. I get thrown off every time this happened, and it's, and it's happened before. I know that he had a name. Did it start with a K? Or am I, or am I totally, am I maybe complaining that was so Roman? Say it. No, no, I don't know. I don't know. DJ Reggie Noble. DJ Reggie Noble. All right. He was a DJ. Right. He was a DJ, and he DJed at a club called Club Sensations in Newark, New Jersey, mm. where if if you got booked there, you have to be you had to be real with this because yeah. it, it was it was it was serious in there. I mean, cats will take your belongings and then wear them in front of you. Wow. So, it was Club Sensations. My man Bismarck lived there. And I, 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 did my, I did a show there like six times for the same record. And he was the DJ there, DJ Reggie Noble. Wow. And was he good? He was very good. Like, he could have been a DJ if he, if he chose to pursue that. You know, He's a DJ. Happened. He is a he DJ. He is a DJ. He's a producer, too, I want to say. He does, he, he's, kinda, he's got his hands on everything. He, he's a brilliant cat, man.
Absolutely. Underrated, I think, as well. I mean, like, obviously, he, his name is known, but, you know, I feel like he doesn't necessarily get his just due. Um, all right, we're moving into round three, Chubb, and that is digging in the crates. This is the sample round, so I'm going to ask wow. you a question and play you a sample, and then you're going to have to answer the question about the sample. So here we go. Funkadelic's No Head, No Backstage Pass was sampled by this group on their 1988 album. Here is the sample. Was it Eric B and Rakim, NWA, EPMD, or Public Enemy? Wow. I'm good with samples, but I don't really remember that joint. Now, let's go, let's go down. It has more of a public enemy, Hank Shockley, Keith Shockley feel. Sure, I can see that. Um, it isn't Eric Sermon style. Uh, yep. he, he's funk all the way. I don't remember it part of the NWA repertoire. Eric B. and Rakim could be them, but I'm going to say public enemy. All right, he says public enemy. It was actually um, but that definitely has public enemy vibes. Like I, I could definitely I could definitely hear that. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. This is for thousands of people who came. A show from row to row and I'll entertain. I don't even have to say my name because when the place is ripped in half, I'm the blame. Name the song and the album. <laughs> I'm getting quizzed on the spot here by Chub Rock. Jeez. I give you a hint. It's the same album that you're showing in this picture. Yeah, it's it's Eric B and Rock Him is Follow the Leader. No. But Not that was a good guess. Oh, man. He's Put your hands together. Ugh. So I brought this song up. This song that was sampled was No Head, No Backstage Pass. You had a song on the America is Dying Slowly album with Prince Ball and Biz Marquee, uh, No Rubber, No Backstage Pass. Um, what, can you tell us like sort of the origin of that, uh, that you know, collaboration? How did that come about? That was like an amazing compilation with a lot of you know, great artists from that era. It was Prince Ball, man. It was his brilliance. And he called me and said, I need you to do this record. I need you to drop this rhyme. And he had the idea. He, he had first told me that he thought Biz was going to be on the record, but he didn't know if it was going to be Biz or someone else. And then, again, like usual, usual stuff back then, we didn't all get to the, the studio at the same time. So it was like I got there. He told me the idea. I did my joint. I like to do my joint one take. You know, if there's a mistake in the take, then that's what you got. You know, it was like a jazz thing for me. Right. Like, that's it. And I'm out of the door, and then I'm gone. And then later on is when I seen, like, it started, it got a lot of underground respect. And anything that Bismarck is going to be on is going to have underground respect and produced by uh, Prince Paul with his brilliance. So, you know, it was, it was kind of like this, come do this. I'm not so sure who's going to else be on it. But then Biz was on it, and then it just was, it was a great record. So... You know, you, you kind of have alluded to this and said this, that your style is a lot. You, you, there, there are some artists, like producers or MCs, who toil over, like, you know, they, they live in the studio. But from a lot of the things that you're describing in these stories that you're saying, you kind of like to go in and, like you said, like jazz musicians sort of just, you know, capture the moment. Like, have you ever really been like a real studio rat on any of the projects that you've done where you sort of no, are no. toiling over it? Like, what, what, what is the... No, uh, man, like, because how he kind of got me in that mode, man. He was like, yo, listen, if we're going to go out there and try to do some things, and, and like when I remember we had to do this Kashif record, and we were like, you know, we don't know if these people know hip-hop like that. Or let's go in, let's be professional, let's, let's get right to it. And I just kind of adopted that style. So, you know, one of my dreams, I'm going to put this out there, because sure. I know I can do this. But one of my dreams is to do a show or do a, a, a thing where you have to make an album in a day, 24 Ooh. hours, and you got to film it, whether you're in a big loft or wherever you are. And if you got to call Primo and say, Primo, I need this beat, and the clock is still ticking, 
Yeah. And, and you got 24 hours to do this album and it comes out the next day. And because when I met Miles Davis and I seen how he works, they would do a whole album in one jam session. Yeah. Because it was like, okay, well, I know how I feel. You know how you feel? <laughs> and do you know how you feel? And they get together, press record, and it's there. Charlie Wilson told me the same thing. Back in the day, it was one take from the beginning of the record on. There was no Pro Tools and punching in and, right. and all of these kinds of things. So, you know, I always got into this mode of let me just go in, do my piece, and I'm out of it. So it's just yeah. always been my thing. Like capturing a moment rather than trying to like you know over overthink it. It's just capturing that. Yeah, it's very much like a jazz musician for sure. Yeah. All right. Here's the second question in this round. The Coasters "Down Home Girl" was sampled on a Pete Rock and CL Smooth song that featured this rapper. So I'm gonna play you the sample. I use the same sample. Yeah. So it was a P-Rock and CL Smooth song, and it featured this guest rapper on it. Was it Robbo, Grap Lova, Grand Poobah, or Heavy it's either, D? It's either, either Poobah or Heavy D. Um, and it's funny, because I took the same sample, but I don't even remember this version. Peter, Peter killed me on this one. Um, <laughs> Grand Poobah Maxwell. He says Grand Poobah. Nowadays, I'm on some extra Grand Poobah is correct. Uh, you Do you know the record that me and Grand Pooba did, and what album was it on? It was on your second solo album, I want to say. Second? Nope. First? Nope. Oh, jeez, Chubb. I thought we were <laughs> friends. I, but you know what? It's fair. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it from you. Um, but it wasn't on your... I'm not talking about the records you do with Howie T. I'm talking about uh, solo. It wasn't on. Uh, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. Which, which which song was it? Don't drink the milk. It was called. It was on the I gotta get mine yo album. Ah, well, that I did know that you collaborated with him, but I, I blanked out at the moment. I gotta get my show notes in, in check here. Uh, one of my one of my favorite rappers of all time, man, and from his first group, and you remember his first group? Yeah. And. One of my favorite rappers of 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 all time, man. <laughs> do you do you yeah. keep in touch with him today? Yeah, yeah. I spoke to him uh, a couple of months ago. In fact, he's going to get in. He's getting into radio. Like I'm pushing that maneuver. Really? Because he's extremely good with DJing and soul music, man. Like he's brilliant with it, man. Like he he has this grip on revolutionary soul music and you know, it's an it's an incredible it's just incredible man it reminds me of the days of hal jackson and and just oh man incredible music man and um like i said that's my brother for a long time man he's just a brilliant cat to me do you think that it's an easy transition for uh mcs to sort of move into the radio game now that you've done it like are, are there others could, could, now that you've sort of like had that experience, could you sort of speak to that to other MCs for, for people who maybe they don't want to rap as much as they used to? Like, Man, let me tell you, I, I want to do a show, and I've dreamt about it. I want to do a real late night romantic show with Big Daddy Kane. Wow. But he, but he would do it differently, right? Because it wouldn't be just traditional R&B because he's so into that old school almost black exploitation, Curtis Mayfield, Willie Hutch music. Right. You know, so he would he would put a different stamp on it than just the Venus flytrap type of, you know, romance show. But that's what I see for him. And then my sister Salt from Salt and Pepper. Yeah. She, oh, man, she's, she's incredible. I'm trying to get her on radio now. I mean, you had her mind, recently as a guest on your radio show, right? Yeah, yeah, she was on the show. It's my sister, man. I mean, every time I've ever, I've ever needed her, she's 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 right there, man. So, but her mind, man, is at a new place. You know, she she can definitely do it. Yeah, amazing. All right, we're gonna move into the last question in this round. 
Do It Baby, which was recorded by the Miracles and Red Holt Unlimited, to name a few, has been sampled and interpolated by all of these artists except for one of them. I'm going to play you the Miracles version of the song. So obviously, you have sampled it. You, you used I sampled it, all the it big for, the, man. The big for man. the big man, yeah. Yep. Um, Boogie Down Productions sampled it. Yep. Jermaine Dupree sampled it for Welcome to Atlanta. Yep. Now, I don't remember Tribe Called Quest sampling that song. 50 Cent, I don't remember him sampling it either. But um, Tribe's brilliance, I don't think, I don't think Tribe used it. All right, we're gonna do a little prove out here. And yes, you are absolutely right. First, Boogie Down sampled it. Jermaine Dupree. And 50 Cent, so the answer is correct. A Tribe Called Quest. Um, you're credited as a producer on a lot of the albums. Uh, how? How involved are you? Like, were, are you a beat maker, or like, did you sort of like start that? At on whose albums? Huh? On my albums? Yeah, on your albums. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I was I was taught by Howie. You know, when he was when he was working with Real Rock Sand, and I was trying to get some records. Everything that Howie had, once he graduated, he gave it to me. Yeah. So he started. Uh, we're, we're about to get some, some exclusive here, guys. He started... Hip-hop memorabilia. With, with, with the drummer ticks. Woo! Roland. Roland. And this is what made, like, Jam On It and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So when... Once he was finished with this, he went to the 808, which I have. Um, and that, so he gave me that. So then he went yeah. to the 808. And when he was done with the 808, he gave me that. Then he went to the 909. Then he gave me that. It's amazing. You know, so, so I just started learning as every time he gave me different things. And then by the time I got into my own decisions of it, I got into more of the SP-1200 and he got into the MPC. Right. So it was, but I've always been credited because I've always did those records. I did a lot of those records. And then I would go to him and say, clean this up. Right. And right. he was just the master cleaner, or he would say, nah, this is wrong, that's wrong, <laughs> let me yeah. fix this, you know, and stuff like that. So, yeah, making music and beat making was always a love for me, man, always a love for me. So I saw you just casually grab the Roland drum machine that was behind you. Like, are, do, you, do you still, like, play with those and, and make beats with those and stuff, or is that just something you keep for, like, nostalgia? Use everything, brother. Everything you you use everything. I, I try to I try to think of myself as the curator of hip hop, man. So, you know, when we're done here, I got some questions for you. I'm sweating already. All right, listen, <laughs> we're gonna move on to our final round now, and our final round is called Times Up. You're doing OC. excellent so far. OC, yep, you got it, guys. If you have questions as well for Chubb, drop them in the little question box. We'll get to those when we're done. So here's the deal, Chubb. We have three categories here. We're going to present you with three of them. You get to pick one, and you will have 90 seconds to answer five questions in this round. Let's see what the categories are. The first is BKMCs. The second is lyrical sports references. And the third is let's see how well you remember the 2020 Grammy Awards. It happened months ago, but at this point it feels like that was 18 years ago. Right. <laughs> 2020 has been quite a year. So your choice, Chubb Rock. BKMCs. He's going BKMCs. So, Chubb, I'm going to run through the rules here. You'll have 90 seconds to answer five questions. If you don't know the answer, you can skip and we can come back to it. If you answer the question incorrectly, that question is burnt. The chat, as per usual, there's a little bit of delay in the chat, but they are very helpful. I have OCs. Time's up, as you mentioned, OC. I have it here timed to 90 seconds. So when the time is up on OC, your time will be up. So he's going for BKMCs. Guys, let's show some support to Chubb. I'm pulling up the questions here. 90 seconds on the clock. Chubb Rock. BKMCs. Here we go. 
This BKMC's debut album featured a song called Kickin' for Brooklyn. Oh, I thought you were going to play the song. You're just, you're just asking the question. I'm just asking you. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, you say, say that part again? Uh, it's a Brooklyn MC whose debut album features a song called Kickin' for Brooklyn. Kickin' for Brooklyn. Pass that and come back. All right, we'll come back. All right, name the two Wu-Tang MCs who hail from Brooklyn. ODB and Killer Priest. Uh, we will accept that, but Jizza was and also Jizza. one of them. Yeah, yeah. All right, this MC, more recent MC, named himself after an avenue in Brooklyn. Oh, where I grew up, Troy Avenue. Troy Ave is correct, yes. All right, this Flatbush MC had roles in several TV shows, including New York Undercover, The Shield, Empire, and CSI Miami. A Brooklyn MC that had parts in that, in, uh, skip that and come back. All right, we'll come back. This BKMC had a guest verse on Diggable Planet's Graffiti from their second album, Blowout Come. Skip that. All right, we're going to go back to the first one. Who was the BKMC whose debut featured a song called Kickin' for Brooklyn? Kickin' for Brooklyn. Wow. I don't know that one. Go, go again. All right. The Flatbush MC who was on TV shows including New York Undercover, The Shield, Empire, and CSI Miami. He's in a group. Wow. Flatbush MC is a... No, couldn't be that. Flatbush... It ain't special ed. That's uh, that's our boy, uh, Flatbush MC, CSI, CSI. I must have skipped. I must have really missed this. Man, right, I'm not doing well. up. Our time is up. Listen, this is the round designed to be hard, and I know you're gonna give me shit. You're gonna make me look bad in a little bit. So like, no, 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 no. I'm not gonna make you look bad, man. It's it's it's. Uh, <laughs> oh, is it? Was it MC Light? MC Light was the first. Yes, MC Light was uh, was the answer to the first one uh, her debut had the song kicking for brooklyn so we'll give you that one since you, you got that in the other two sticky fingers from onyx was the mc who was in all of those tv shows and the brooklyn mc who had a guest verse on diggable planet second album was jay rude the damager on the jay song Rude the uh, damager yep who's actually a brilliant photographer man he hit me not too long ago really yeah. amazing he, all right he, so he's doing good so chuck right. i'm gonna I'm going to total up your score here, but while I do that, I have one final question for you. And guys, if you have questions for Chubb, drop them in the uh, drop them in the question box. My question to you: We always like to ask our contestants who they would want to challenge to come on this show because you know this is just a show. It's it's not really about the competition. We just love talking about hip hop, getting stories. So, who's somebody that you know that you would sort of challenge to come on our show next? Well, believe it or not, man, Bismarck is a great historian. Oh so yeah, he he would be great um, on there. DJ Scratch, another great historian. Um, you know, people that love the culture like myself. That you know, and um, wow, man, who who's the other? Um, Big Daddy Kane would be great. Dana Dane would be great. We we we've had some talks with people who know Kane. We're trying. We are trying to get Kane. Um, for sure, because that would be incredible. Um, so those are all great names. Thank you for those. I've totaled up your score. You have 11 out of 15. That actually puts you right neck and neck with, this is the company that you're in, just so you know. DJ Mighty Mai and Mr. C. You're, you're, you're tied right in between them in terms of score on the 11. So regardless, Chub Rock, you are a champion in our eyes. Um, really quick, before we get into the Q&A and we, we do a little bit more talking, do you have time to answer some questions from the crowd? Because I see a lot of things coming in. Um, a little bit. A little bit. Okay. Really quick, before we do that, uh, follow us on Twitch. We're going to be debuting our Twitch show tomorrow at twitch.tv slash thequestionshiphop. Then on Friday, we'll be back here with to hear more from Insecure, All Deaf Digital. He's on there. So let's see. We have some questions coming in. Uh, let's see. Mighty Mai, who just brought up, asked, do you remember a group Howie worked with called ESP? Of course. Can you give us of the course. story on that? ESP was a group um, consist of Elliot, Speed, and Professor Paul. And they had this record called Back Rapping. 
Mm. And these are Aryan Fabus. And they were on Select Records too. They get a poster. You see me up there, Kid and Play, and then them, ESP. Oh, wow. We're getting a real yeah. interactive element in the show tonight with you. This is You have like a veritable hip-hop museum right now that you're broadcasting from. I mean, you know, hip-hop, I don't know, man. I love hip-hop, man. I mean, you know, we, it's a genre that doesn't get the respect that it should, even though it got commercial respect. Sure. But it, um, the practitioners of it of is re real cool. And, and, you know, we've made our mistakes in it and, and I've made my mistakes and people have made their mistakes, man. But I think overall, man, we're, we're, we're just a great genre of music. I think we respect other music. Yeah. And, you know, we just try to be part of the fabric of music, man. So, well, you know, something, being that you asked that question, I'll ask my question. Okay. Tell me the formats, all the formats that hip hop has been on. All the formats, you mean like like ways of listening to music? Right. I mean, obviously vinyl. Yep. Uh, cassette tape. Uh, CDs. I want to say maybe eight tracks. <laughs> I, You know, that might have been a little before my time. I'm willing to bet that there might have been some hip-hop mini discs for a minute. <laughs> I know that those kind of came and went. Um Obviously, you got the MP3, the stream, the MP3, yeah, the streaming. Uh, what I miss? Well, how about your people out there? Did he miss anything? Well, okay, so did I miss anything, guys? Uh, you definitely missed the. Uh, you missed. You, you missed. You missed something. Well, you missed DCC mini disc. Yes, Will Smith was on mini disc. So was Cypress Hill. So was Nas. So was. Um, salt and pepper. Yeah, and um, and you answer your first question. You know, obviously, Sugar Hill Gang was on eight track. Yep. All right. Um, so was Curtis Blow. <laughs> nice. So we we were on that. We were also on this format called DCC, digital comp digital compact cassette. What what year is this? This was a Sony product, probably near the end of the nineties. Not okay. too many rap records was on there. Black Sheep was on there. I yeah. think there was a Nas record on there. Um, a Cypress Hill because mainly it was a Sony product. Sure. So we were on we were on that situation. Um, so it was cool. Has any hip hopper ever been on a comic book? Uh, plenty. I mean, I know Marvel just recently did a bunch of, uh, so I, I don't know if this is how you mean, but Marvel in recent years has been redoing a lot of hip hop covers actually as Marvel covers. Um, I'm sure. At but any, point, did any rap group ever have their own comic? Did any rap group ever have their own comic? Hmm. I, I, I'm positive. Yes, but I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to, to think of one right now, but I feel like you're about to show me. Hidden play. play, of course. What am I thinking? And and you know what? I'd be willing to using using the associative power here. I would be willing to bet that there was probably an MC Hammer comic book at some point. Like, I'm I'm just sort of inferring that. You know, like they, they, but, but theirs theirs is from Marvel. Wow. And they had eighteen eighteen of these. Damn, son. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's there's you know there's all kinds of um. You know things that we have accomplished that you know sometimes people don't know you know our connection with electronics has any electronic company really endorsed a hip-hop person or brand is any electronic company i mean you know you obviously have like akai and like the mpcs and those companies who i don't think have really given um a really like hefty endorsement to a, a hip-hop artist you know that's always seemed like a disconnect oh yeah shout out we did have kid from kid and play on our show before as well steve points that out um what are you about to show me i know you're about to show me something good whoa okay whoa, can you see show me? me that again <laughs> yeah can you show it again Jazzy yeah I see now. has his own mixer through gemini wow maybe i'm in the i'm in the depths of the dungeon here but uh, Jazzy yeah. Jeff has his own mixer 
through Gemini with his with his signature on it. Crazy. Wow. Now can you name who can you can you name who got something with that same company before that? For all my DJs out there. Gemini. So I'm not I'm not a DJ by trade, so this is a bit of my blind spot, but let's see DJs. Well, I'm going to open this one up to the, to the crowd. Uh, DJs, and I know there's a lot of DJs in here. Who else got a Gemini uh, partnership or endorsement? Somebody said that Jazzy Jeff designed the ASR. I don't know if that's true or not. No. No, he says no. Grandmaster Flash um, had something called the Flash Former. What? So you're a collector. So, you know, we do that too, man. Because, like I said, it's like anything, man. It's like it's like history, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, they tell a different story. They will tell you a different got the story record. if you don't keep it. If you don't. Yeah, yeah. But if you don't keep it, have you ever been? Have you been on Destroy's show? You know, Destroy for the Arsonists. Have you been on his show? Show off your gems. No. Do you know about I didn't, it? I didn't, even, I didn't even know. I don't know. I didn't know about the show. Uh, he has a show basically where he's doing what you're doing right now, where like he asks guests to basically show off the memorabilia that they have. And he's had like, he's had everybody on there. You, we should definitely connect to you guys. I think that that would be an amazing show. Like just what you're doing right now would be crazy. Um, let's see if we have time for a few more. Uh, if, do, you have, do you have time for a couple more questions here? Yeah. Um, all right. Steve Wonder asks, how did you connect with the Lady of Rage? So, <clears throat> I was I did a show with Guru and Finesse and Sequence. Yeah. And when we got off the got off of that show, it was in Philly actually. The ladies they asked me to write some songs for them. Mm. And I was writing some songs, and Sequence went to school with. Tone, Red High Lover Tone. Yeah. And he said, oh, a, a good friend of mine, you know, he makes beats and stuff. So I said, okay, well, I'll go over there and I'll drop my rhymes at his studio. So I went over there, met Tone, met Frank Nitty. And and that's how we kind of formulated Trackmasters. And we used to work at Chungking. Right, so when, So when Andre Harrell gave me the album to write the whole album, when I would go to Chung King, the secretary was Lady of Rage. No way. And every time I saw her, she was writing in her book. She was just writing in a book. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? You're always writing. Yeah. And she spit, and she spit something for me. And I was like, oh, by the way, come and do this record. <laughs> and she came in, and we put her on two of the Finesse Quince records. We put her on a record of mine and the one album. And then she went to go do a show one night, and Dre was at the show. And he was like, yo, I want her. I want to take her. I got this label. And she asked me about it. And I said, yo, that's Dr. Dre. Because Andre Harrell was going to sign her at Uptown. She went with the other Andre. <laughs> and she asked me my opinion about it. And I was like, I mean, he's, he's Dr. Dre, man. Like, nothing that he does fails. Right, and, um, but we're we good friends to this day. I just I just spoke to her last week. Wow, that's amazing. All right, I think we have time for a couple more. So let me see what we uh, what we have here. Um, all right, <laughs> this is a random one. Who was the dude dancing funny in a white suit from the Treat Him Right video? Man, let me tell you, that's that's part of. my hardship now man that that's a good friend of mine named hot dog good friend of mine was my dancer for years he came down with COVID-19 mm. and it was really rough for him but now he's on the other side of it now that's amazing he has, he has beat it he just has to take some steps to get back but um he, he's an incredible person man he incredible person but his name is hot dog hot diggity dog is what we call him um but he, he choreographed for everybody he choreographed for janet jackson and all kinds of people so you know but that was my friend and my dancer for years from 
and the winter is on. Amazing. So, Chubb, what, what, is, what has your life in quarantine been like? Like, what are you sort of doing and what are you working on? Like, because I think it's really important that we all do things to sort of stay, you know, in a positive space. We're obviously being inundated with a lot of information. There's a lot of crazy things. Like, what is kind of getting you through? Like, what, what, what has been part of your habit to sort of just, you know, stay in a, in a good place? Well, you know, I do the radio show. Um, I do that, and then we try to do some things in our community and try to help because a lot of kids um, have not gone to school for a while. Yeah. And because the curriculum wasn't, you know, afforded to them, some don't have internet, didn't have the devices to do right. it at home. There was no infrastructure for it or no curriculum for it. We're trying to help people who are going through that situation because now our children are now basically a semester behind. Yeah, they, they lost, so, lost a, a whole chunk of the academic year. And with the spikes going up, they might lose another one. Right. So we're trying to do some things to help in our community. And then, you know, there's some incredible women that are feeding kids, and we try to help them as well, that are feeding people in the community. Remember, a lot of kids get two out of three of their meals from school. Yeah. So if there's no school, they're missing those two meals. And, you know... 45 could have kept the food program going, but they stopped the food program because they figured, oh, well, people are going to be home. And they don't realize the hardship that people go through. So, you know, we try to do it because in every hood, there's always some grandmama and some big mama and some women that are getting together and making lunches for kids that just don't have any food. And that shouldn't be happening in America. Absolutely. So, it's what it is, man. We're just, you know, but, you know, we make mistakes and we, we try to see how we can, you know, finish the report card with at least a, <laughs> a C or something, you know. But uh, that's what I usually do, man. That's about it. And speak to Howie and speak to Kid from Kid and Play. Yep. And we always talk about hip-hop and the great days of hip-hop and, and just hope that everybody can get on the other side of this when this thing comes to some kind of conclusion. Sure, how, whatever that's going to look like. But, you know, yeah, it's it's definitely a crazy time. Well, listen, Chubb, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Like, we, you are the ideal type of guest. Mad stories. Yes, you're not as cute as Nikki Jean. Like, that, that's fine. Like, I'm we, not as cute as Nikki Jean. We established that early, and that's fine. But you know what? Like, there were other areas in which you far excelled. So, like, <laughs> two, different, two different types. Two different types. But, um... You know, we'd love to have you back on the show at some point. We're, we're working on some formats where we put people head-to-head -head as well, maybe teamed up. So, you know, you have an open door, you know, if, if, you're, if you would bless us with your, with your presence again, we would love to have you back. Brother, with God's, with God's blessings, man, and I'd like to thank all your people out there and people that love hip-hop and, and love the genre and all the practitioners of the genre and all the producers of the genre and all of us, man. And as people, man, we, we just have to... We got to stick together, man. This is a time with a lot of divide, and and yep. I know people have problems with each other, and there's beefs here and beefs there, and old beefs, and we don't have no time for that, man. I mean, this here is where we will see how we rise above this. Right. It, it, there will never be another time like this. It's a unprecedented. Yeah, absolutely. Some, something could happen, and you don't see me next week. You know, mm -hmm. so we we got to hope that we love each other and keep it going and hip hop forever, man. And I appreciate all your your, your people and um and uh, Mighty Mai for even putting me on to this. It was a great guy, and I appreciate you. And yes, you're sir. keeping hip hop going, man. We don't want people to forget these things in hip hop, so we appreciate you. Massive shouts to Chub Rock for doing the show, and gotta give thanks to former guest and friend of the show DJ Mighty Mai for helping to set this one up. And thank you for listening to the show, audience, everybody who's listening right now. Thank you for supporting by subscribing, uh, leaving a review, and sharing on your social media channels. Thank you for joining the Patreon, and thank you for pre-ordering the Questions Hip Hop Trivia Game. We made a whole 300-card game out of this thing. Incredible. I'm, I'm so stoked. This episode was written by myself and DJ Steve Wonder and hosted by yours truly. 
The show's theme is Bizarrism and Midas the Beast. The Questions Hip Hop is a member of the Stony Island Audio Podcast Network. We're going to be back with something new next week. See you then.